Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome to Know Your Gear QA Live Podcast Episode 297. There is now a new website called knowyourgearpodcast.com and uh it's has basically nothing on it it's exactly probably what you want it's uh it'll give you updates so if you don't see a show it explains what happened last week with the show you can submit questions for this show you can see updates and so when anyone asks from now on how do i follow you on instagram i go go to www.knowyourgearpodcast.com how do i find old shows go to www.knowyourgearpodcast.com there you go so now we have it i bought the website we have it all set up this one was from meester meester said uh mr g meester g says are people generally into the Badlands guitars. If you guys did not see, it was an actually crazy week. Uh, and uh, obviously there was an announcement made uh, by Guitar World. Guitar World scooped us. So uh, what was interesting is uh, Guitar World uh, put out an article that said, you know, there's a new YouTuber guitar brand and it's the Tone King and Philip McKnight. And um, what was happened was Badlands, the guitar company, sent press release to everyone and uh and uh, Guitar World decided to just write an article instead of use the press release, which is actually cool. It's good to see that. And um, they, uh, of course, went to immediately to the fact that they, two of the part owners in this company are YouTubers, and then they made that the title. Look, I, I'm in the biz of making titles and making videos, and whether somebody says they're honest or whether somebody says they're, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, whatever they're saying, trust me, everyone's in the business of trying to get your eyeballs on what they're, they're creating. So, of course, they went with the craziest title or the most dramatic title, which was the title probably I would have picked if I was them, which is, hey, YouTubers are starting a brand. Um, so... Uh, I'm going to answer the question first. Uh, the question is, are, Mr. Wants to know, are people generally into the guitar? The guitar, we, we had a lot of expectations for the guitar when we knew we were going to launch it. We kind of knew uh, what to expect. I'm just going to tell you, because again, I'm always, I always try to pride myself on the transparency, transparency aspect of this. Our goal, our hope was to sell three guitars. Our stretch goal, like the, this would make our lives really great, would just sell 13. Like, that would be awesome because, uh, in fact, beyond awesome. If we sold 13, we were like, we're blown away, okay? But three, three was like the, please, can we just sell three? Because <laughs> uh, we knew it was a very specialized market, and, and if you ever want me to talk about why we went for that market, uh, it's, it's very easy to understand. Um, as, uh, as this, as me talking right now, we have sold 15, which is way beyond our, our dreams. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Um, we, we dreamed, I'm not, I'm again, not exaggerating. We dreamed of like, what if we sold 20? Like, (laughs) it was almost like, what if we were billionaires? Right. It was like, what if we sell 20 of these things? Uh, and, uh, so 15 is, uh, huge. Uh, and uh, we're guessing, this is our guess, we might sell two more this weekend and then before it kind of fades out. Um, so look, I think if you guys watched my video, if you watched the Tone Kings video, if you read the articles, uh, a lot of people talked about it. Dylan Talks Tone talked about it. Um, uh, Stay Metal Ray uh, talked about it. Uh, um, uh, the Guitologist talked about it. You know, a lot of shout outs, a lot of kindness from the community. It was really, really cool. I really appreciate all of them for spreading the word, talking about it, giving honest opinions about it. Look, good or bad, whether they liked it or not, that's not what this is. This is not 
a, hey, we're going to be a new guitar company now. I mean, let's face it. This is going to sell very few guitars. <laughs> very few people are going to own these guitars. Um, this is a, more of of our friend Luca, my friend Luca, uh, Brian, and uh, the Tone King uh, basically came together. And we, during COVID, were like, look, we can't find what we want, which is the old 80s era guitars that were painted graphics that were highly detailed, made in USA or made in Japan. You just couldn't find them on, you know, because COVID, everybody bought them up. And if you saw one, it was four or $5,000 and it was nicked up and beat up. Some of you guys know I even bought a couple and reviewed them that I had personally bought. And, you know, it was a lot of money to spend for a guitar with worn frets and issues and it needs work. And so... It all started with exactly that, like, you know, what they say, uh, mother, uh, necessity is the mother invention. Look, I have a lot of beautiful guitars. If somebody says, like, you know, like I said, you could buy a great guitar for 300 bucks. You can buy, there's a ton of great guitars that are way better than anything we're ever going to come up with. But our guitar that we came up with is specific to a type of person who's like, you know, I always wanted those cool 80s shredder custom graphic type guitars and... We just so happened, look, having the ability to have these guitars made and bring them to people, and my part, of course, you can imagine, is to be QC and make sure the guitars are right, um, is great. But having the talent that we have to have, we have someone who can paint these guitars is the important part, because without that, we couldn't we couldn't uh, do anything exciting. So that's basically what it is. So the answer question is, it was received way better than we anticipated. We anticipated a lot of people kind of like, this is dumb. <laughs> Because, look, whether I didn't tell you in the video, no one told you, but there's, look, there's a there's a comic book cover that comes with it that's framed, and it has a character called the dude who fights the tone sucking robots. This is all for fun, '80s flair, just fun, you know. Uh, and that's it. And like I said, um, and then what's great about this is, like I've said in my video, and I'll kind of get off this uh, subject. Uh, it's a limited run, and then we do. We already know the next runs. We all have all the runs planned out for the next couple of years. Um, this is always going to be a limited run thing. It's always going to be something fun. That's it. And then what? What we decided to do is why we were doing this. We were like, well, how can this improve our channels? How could this improve what we do? How can it improve the industry? And I know that sounds silly, but it's true. And we said, you know, why don't we create a disclosure? Uh, uh, thing that discloses where all the components come from. Why doesn't, you know, everybody talks about this guitar is made in China, or that guitar is made in USA, or that guitar is made in Japan, and it's actually not even true anymore. You know, guitars that are made in Indonesia have tons of China parts, and made in China parts, and I personally don't care, but there are people out there that love to put in comments that they won't buy a Chinese guitar, but I know for a fact, because I take these guitars apart all the time, there are guitars that come from other countries that are mostly China parts. There's guitars in the USA that are mostly China parts. So we thought, okay, let's disclose all the parts where they come from. And also, let's also try to focus on, uh, you know, a made in the USA, high quality custom type guitar uh, that isn't seven grand. And I, I dare, I, we never said, we'll never say $2,500 is affordable. We say it's obtainable, accessible. And what we mean by that is, um, it's exactly this, man. If, uh, if you're not in the market for one of these guitars, you will not understand why four guys got together and said, hey, wouldn't it be cool to have this? Um, I, I, I have no 
pushback on my end from anybody who says the guitars. Do you guys want to say it's overpriced or expensive? I totally understand. Look, I'm with you. I'm, I review guitars for a living. <laughs> I have all those same feelings you do. However, what I will tell you is, is that uh, if you look at the competitors in this, in that range of quality, like in other words, custom paint jobs made in the USA, you know, custom case, custom this, you know, uh, all the things that are involved. Uh, I don't even want to talk price. Okay. I want to talk time. Uh, we we're able to get these guitars out in 90, uh, basically three to four months tops right now. Everyone else making a guitar like this is running a year to two years. So, and that was the other thing too, was like, you know, who wants to wait two years for a guitar? So that was it. Um, so the answer to the question is, it seems it went over great. We're, we're actually, if we could open a bottle of champagne and all, all of us come together, there's nine people all together involved in the Badlands guitars that made it happen. Um, and that's not including the attorneys and all the stuff because we had to trademark everything and do all that stuff and the accountants and stuff. But nine people, we would definitely be opening a bottle of champagne right now. As, like I said, we were blown away. Uh, like I said, it's cool. Like I said, it's not a, Hey, we're going to make a ton of money. <laughs> There's no money to be made. <laughs> I've said this, this is episode 297. I've been saying for almost 300 episodes, there's no money in this, in the guitar business. You got to do it cause you love it. That's absolutely true. Um, it's, uh, it's not a, uh, it's not a, uh, let's get rich. It's a, how do we not hemorrhage money? <laughs> And also, uh, part of it was how do we also do something fun, which is what we, I think we accomplished and also not something that I don't want to be a, uh, oh, this Fender's great, but man, a Badlands, that's a great guitar. I don't want to be that. So that's why we, it is limited edition. There's no reason. Trust me, once the model closes out in a couple of weeks, there's no reason to talk about it or push it anymore because you can't buy one. And then I will shut up for a while and you won't hear anything for about Badlands for a while. And then we'll do another model. And so Basically, twice a year, you'll hear me mention there's a new model. That's about it. All right. Um, and anything you guys want to know, just let me know. Okay. So he says, break even, question mark. We, we are very smart. And we are all, all everybody, who, everybody who's involved in this company is in this industry. And we tapped on all the big industry resources. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm not 100% clear to talk about everything yet, right? Because I will talk about anything that, I'm in, that I did or I'm, you know, me. But the other people involved, I can't talk about it, but I can tell you, like, let's just say, like, a CEO of one of the biggest guitar companies in the world, uh, without their help, we wouldn't have been able to secure some of the stuff that got done. I mean, literally, we had people in this industry come to when we told them what we were up to, instead of going like, oh, you guys are competing with us. They immediately understood there's no competition because we're just going to be a small little nothing, and we're happy to stay that way. Sadly enough, if you guys aren't drawing uh, the answer that you might have in case it comes up later, no, we're not going to make imports. No, we're not going to make an affordable one. Never. Because that's not what it's about. Look, there's a ton of great companies. If you told me Badlands should make a $799 80 shredder, I'll say Jackson already made it and it's great. Go buy it. If I, and trust me, if, if, if those companies also would make a custom made, custom graphic, custom design instrument with all those kind of features and do it sub $3,000, we would stop making Badlands tomorrow too. So they have that option too. They'd, we'd quit. I'd buy theirs instead of ours. Like I said, we literally bought these because we couldn't find that answer to that question. How do I, how do I buy a made in the USA custom shop 80s type style shredder, new or used, sub $3,000. It's almost impossible these days. So, 
Um, somebody said sparkle finish. Look, as you guys know, Brian from Paint Hover is a friend of mine. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a Paint Hover finish on those guitars. Like I said, we'll never talk about what's coming because that's kind of the the fun for us to dream this up. And it's a lot of work. It's hundreds of hours of design because like all the graphics, all the things you see all has to be trademarked, co- covered. We, we, you know, we, we, it's, it's, I wish it was just as easy as we dreamed it up and we went up forward, but there's a lot of work to it. Okay. Um, <laughs> somebody's like sticker bond relic model in the future. Ah, no, no relics. Okay. Um, so, um, the only, like I said, the only thing, uh, questions wise, if you guys ask me anything about the future, I literally can't talk about it because first of all, it's already been decided and that's why we don't want to talk about it because we kind of have a strategy kind of like Apple, kind of like we already have, I, I, we already have iPhone 14 and 15 done. We just, you know what I mean? We just have to wait it out. Okay. Uh, that being said, uh. <laughs> yeah, Kev says the company should call Badlands. We don't want to hemorrhage cash. That that'll be our shirt. <laughs> Let's just say there's a lot more money in just going overseas and having an import made, and then selling a lot of guitars at a higher margin. There's like I've said before. Um, look, and uh, it's nice. The one thing about this is it, it, it confirmed a lot of things we already knew. We know that a lot of the high-end USA companies don't get a lot of margin on their guitars. We knew that. We could see that. These are made in California. There's probably no worse place on the planet Earth to make a guitar than California. <laughs> For when it comes to cost. It's just, it's, just, it's just a harsh place. But there's a ton of reasons why. Uh, and I'm going to be sharing some of this stuff. There'll be more documentary-type videos and stuff. Trust me, I learned something doing this project that I never knew, which is I never understood why people built guitars in California. It really confused me because I'm like, it's so expensive there. Why wouldn't they get out of there and go to places where it's cheaper? You could get more affordable labor or at least pay your employees the same rate and they could live a lot better. You know, all the things I can come up with, all the legislation, all the rules and doing this, I can totally see why, unfortunately, there's some reasons why you need to be in California. So, all right. All right. Uh, Somebody says Badlands Guitar T. There is uh, T-shirts on. If you go to the Badlands website, there's already T-shirts. I ordered me and Ralph a set of T-shirts. And uh, it's been two weeks and I haven't got them. So be prepared for that because it's through Teespring, just like what what I do with my stuff. So uh, obviously, unfortunately, I, I can't praise the shirts. Um, but I can tell you that I ordered a set of Badlands shirts. And um, it's uh, been two weeks and I haven't seen them yet. So it's uh, be prepared if you order some. It takes a little while, apparently. Okay, so let's go to something cool. What is that? <laughs> We're gonna go to uh, some some questions, some some other subjects. Um, okay, so Maddie, two hats. This is from last week. I'm gonna recap it. it. Says, "Hey Phil, I got an Epiphone Flying V this week in ebony. It's so good. Just wanted to share." <laughs> I just, there's something I love with, I just got a really kick-ass guitar. I just wanted you to know. I love it, Maddie. It's awesome. Uh, he says, uh, just wanted to share, uh, anyways, and support the channel. Did you get another V? And I talked about this last week, but of course I'm just going to just go after this week. Um, I haven't found a V yet. There's a V I'm looking to get, um, 
It's uh, it's uh, there's none available right now on Reverb. I've been waiting for one to pop. It's not an expensive guitar. When I mean expensive, is not it's not over a thousand dollars. It's sub one thousand dollars. So, so expensive, but not over a thousand dollars. Um, and uh, once I get it, I will share. Uh, Vim sixty nine says, "I love the DGT video. Uh, will you be keeping it?" And uh, I did not keep the DGT guitar, as uh, I've explained to you guys. It's almost impossible for me to keep any gear anymore. Um, at this point, like I told you guys, when the stuff comes in. Sometimes, you know, it goes back. The companies want it back. That's okay. It's part of the arrangement we, we work out. And sometimes the companies are like, you can keep it. And uh, and if they let me keep it, sometimes we will donate them. Sometimes we do give away sometimes. And then sometimes we just sell them to churn it into other products for other videos. Because let's face it, PRS has been good to the channel by sending gear. But a lot of channels, you know, a lot of companies don't send gear to this channel. So we have to buy their gear. It's actually sad. If you think about it, sometimes I actually feel bad when I say it out loud just now, like, yeah, the company treats us really good. We sell their stuff and then buy their competitor stuff to put it on the channel. But let's face it. This whole point of this is I don't need to be the Paul Reed Smith show. Right. And, and one thing about Paul Jean at PRS is she is uh, very diligent about making sure we're one of the channels that get gear. And, um, and, uh, in fact, she's just sent the Sunzera, the new Sunzera 20. I'll be reviewing that. So, so, uh, the answer to the question is no, it was sold to a patron, uh, Jeffrey, who, uh, who also bought a Badlands. Like, I think he's in a guitar. I think you're in, Jeffrey, if you're watching this, I think you're in a, in guitar buying mode, uh, acquisition mode. Anyways, he bought it and, uh, came with a certificate and everything showed that it was in the video, the whole nine yards. And like I said, that money will go into something really cool. Um, probably some squires because <laughs> I need some more squires and, and, uh, guitars like that on the channel to, to check out and do deep dives with, um, uh, says, uh, uh, Warham five says, is my Les Paul chambered? I own three Les Pauls now. And I say that, uh, cause I, I had more, so I downgraded or still too many. Um, so I have three, I have an R nine. It's not chambered. That was one of my uh, two. I've talked about this. It was one of my two. I was depressed and it was COVID acquisitions for sure. Um, you know, no vacations, no nothing. Just, you know, let's buy money on guitars. I don't think I would have ever. I can tell you right now, I would have never done an R9. Just like I would have never done the hollow body PRS again in my life. Uh, I, like I said, it was, I'm not unhappy about them. They're great guitars, but it was just so much damn money for a guitar. Um, so I have that one. And then I have uh, the Ibanez, or sorry, the Gibson Lite. L-I-T-E that I reviewed from American Music Supply from years ago. So those of you guys who may have bought one because I suggested it was great, I love it <laughs> and it's great. And then I have a uh, a gold top that I showed on my Instagram I've not done a review of. It's a 2000, I think it's a 2008, might be a 2005, and it is chambered. It's a gold top and it's a dream, Les Paul. I bought it from Carter's Vintage Guitars. They, in my opinion, were asking a little, high on the price but man it was it was like it was the holy grail guitar for me um it was uh under eight pounds <laughs> it's a les paul under eight pounds and uh gold top which as you know i've been i've had a bunch of gold tops over the years on the channel and i've been looking for that one and this is it so for sure so those are the three les pauls and and uh i don't know if i'll ever get rid of one but if i do it'd probably be the r9 because uh, like I said, I like the light. It's kind of cool and it's different. And of course, the gold top does everything I, I need now and it's awesome. And But the R9 is definitely not going to be one to sell because uh, I'd lose my ass on it. <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those things. I'm not in a hurry to figure out how much money I lost from buying that guitar. That's one of the things like the Hollow Body 2 with PRS, the same thing. One thing about these high-end guitars, and that's why I used to say before COVID, I don't buy guitars like that. But during COVID, I, like I said, uh, it, it 
you know, lapse of judgment and, and of course, you know, just a desire to fill the hole in your soul of being trapped in your house all the time. Um, the, um, uh, the hard part of that is, man, you lose, you lose so much money. Um, uh, I can't say non-existent human says R9 is my dream guitar. You know, it is, it is a beautiful guitar. And I, and I will tell you, I will tell you, uh, since I, I've reviewed obviously the Epiphone, uh, 59 Les Paul, I will tell you that I, I've said this in my recap video, that guitar really impresses me. If you, are looking at an R9 and don't want to shell out the, they're about four grand used, which is ridiculous. Um, uh, maybe you can find one in the high threes, maybe. Okay. Um, if you don't want to shell out that money or can't, or don't want to, all those things are valid points. I think that Epiphone can fill the void when it comes to what it does. You know what I mean? If you just want to collect, if you just want an R9 because it's like this collection type piece, then yeah, you have to get the R9. But quality-wise, I'm I was very happy with the Epiphone. Like I said, I I wish <laughs> I wish I could have played the 59 Epiphone first. I would have I would have got it out of my system. I would have had it, and I would have definitely not justified the R9 price tag. But on a side note, one thing was nice about the R9 was I got to buy it in person. I bought it brand new in person, and I was able to go to a store and try two of them side by side and go through them. And that was a nice, like I said, it was really nice. So, we'll be right back. Ever wonder how your favorite entertainers and athletes made it from childhood to the spotlight? Join me, Nashville-based entertainment reporter Jennifer Vickery-Smith, as I chat with moms of entertainers and entertaining moms on my hit podcast, Got It From My Mama. You'll hear delightful conversations with moms of everyone from the Jonas Brothers, Luke Bryan, Kelsey Ballerini, Steph Curry, Travis Kelsey, and so many more, sharing the journey from a perspective only a mama can share. New episodes weekly as we share the best conversations of family, faith, and fame on the Got It From My Mama podcast. <laughs> Squid Vicious, I just wanted to, to talk about that. He says, I remember shopping at empty shelves, coming home and Clorox wiping every item I bought in the grocery store. You know what I did? It was uh, that I, I just want to share with you guys. Everything that I brought home uh, during COVID, the beginning of COVID, when you were like really freaked out, right? Everything that came in the mail, everything that I brought in the house, I put outside in the sun. <laughs> I was like, I was like, ah, UV light kills COVID. <laughs> Just, just no logic to it. I just like, doesn't UV kill, doesn't germs, didn't I read germs can't live <laughs> in UV light or something? And I literally did that for weeks, like anything. I mean, a letter would come and I'm like, put that in the backyard. <laughs> uh, I'm laughing now because I want to laugh about it because I kind of feel like that was the, <laughs> yeah, so I didn't use Clorox. I used the the fact that it's sunny in Arizona 360 days a year. So, so that's what I used. Okay. Um, uh, I actually, and then so you guys, sometimes it's nice to have these kind of conversations to share. It's nice. I always find it's nice to hear somebody. Maybe if I say something dumber than you've done, you won't feel bad about what you've done. Um, I once bought a, um, a pedal during COVID uh, from a guy on Reverb who lived in New York. And it was right when the news was hammering about how bad COVID is in New York. 
and I couldn't, I couldn't open the box. I was just like, there's COVID in that box. It came from New York. I didn't know. I was just like, so I did the same thing. I left it out in the sun. Then I got, I put on gloves and I cut open the box. And this is what I'm saying, man. That stuff was just horrible. It was just a horrible thing. I'm, I'm glad we, I'm glad as a people we got through it the most apart. I don't want to bring it up anymore, but like I said, I just remember that. <laughs> I was like, I cannot touch this guitar pedal from New York because it might have super COVID. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, all right, no more of that talk. Let's just let's talk. Let's. I'm, I only want to talk about it in the terms of it's over and we can enjoy ourselves now. Okay, or at least we can try and enjoy ourselves now. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> and Brian says he has his groceries in the yard. That's why I didn't buy any ice cream. <laughs> Honey, guess what? There's no COVID on the ice cream, but also it's a puddle. Okay. Uh, this is the next question from Grumpy Mike Guitar, who says, Hey, my SEDGT arrives tomorrow. Now, he means last week, so he got it already. The anticipation is killing me. I loved your review. Thank you. You know, he said, cheers. I'm thinking, because uh, I saw him message uh, today. We're going to find out what he thinks of the guitar. Mr. G. He says, how do you deal with non-adjustable saddles like the Paul's guitar? So he's talking about like on uh, some of the PRS guitars, like my Mira and, and some of the guitars that has a hardtail one piece bridge, which means it's non-adjustable. How do you, how do you deal with that? He says, especially when you change your setup specifications, how do you intonate it? So, uh, Mister, a couple things about that bridge. First of all, there is a way to adjust that bridge. If you look at the back of the bridge, not the top, not the sides, the back, like from the butt of the guitar forward, you'll see two Allen wrench, uh, Allen screws that you can adjust the bridge backwards and forward or tilt it like this. And that should be enough if you're going to like, let's say put a bigger gauge of strings on there and down tune the guitar, that would cover that for sure. You would just extend the bridge out distance a little bit. Okay. And, um, hold on a second. Okay. And, uh, also, uh, you, uh, the other thing you have to think about, though, is if you have a wound G, that's the biggest problem with that bridge. It's not even if you change, like, you know, bigger gauge strings or down tune or change, into, you know, your tunings. It's really, if you just used a wound G string, it's already going to be slightly out of, uh, the intonation could be slightly out because the bridge wasn't calibrated for that. If you're going to do something like that, there's a couple solutions for you. You can buy the adjustable saddle version of that bridge, or um, there are companies that make a bridge that looks just like it, but it has this, the one plate, the G string moves on it. Um, and either way, you can have to do that. But if you don't want to buy a bridge, I totally understand. Just understand you have that adjustment really right there and stay away from a wound G string and any gauge, you'll be fine. That's my guess. Modern Vintage says, Mark, he means Mark Tremonti, mentioned the MT100 will be under $1,800. And I was hoping for a higher, I was hoping for higher end. Boutique amp like the J-Mod. Proof that PRS is done with USA made amps, 3K plus amps. Yeah, I would imagine, I will be shocked if the J-Mod, no, sorry, <laughs> uh, if the MT100 is not made in China or Indonesia. So currently, like, if you look at the new Archon, it's made in Indonesia at Cortec. Uh, I believe the MT-15 is made in China. The new Sunzera that I looked at, because I was, obviously, I knew they are sending it, so I was already learning about it, watching videos, reading specifications. It's made in China. Um, and that's just, you know, that's, again, this is why it's important uh, that there be products for everybody, right? That's what's great. Some people look, uh, if you want to buy a, uh, uh, an amp that's made in the USA, buy it. If you want to buy one in China, buy it, buy what you love. I mean, everybody's going to have an opinion about it. You know, I would say you do you. Um, but on that note, 
the reality is, the reality is just like, kind of like I'm tying in the Badlands thing right now. Look, the reality is if we knew when we went this way, we're not going to sell a lot of guitars. That's the problem they're all looking at too. They can make a $3,000 MT100 and they can sell a little bit. We can tolerate it because it's four dudes, <laughs> right? Who, if we made it, if we got a dividend of $200 at the end of the year, we would probably drink it. No, seriously. We would probably seriously uh, uh, buy wine, uh, wine or champagne with it and literally just be shocked. But as a real company, as a real big company, you, you can't, you know, obviously can't, you can't work like that. So they have to actually make profit. So yeah, the MT100, I will be shocked if it's not made in China or Indonesia. I'm hoping it's coming out of the Cortec factory in Indonesia. I like that factory a little bit better. I've, I've been a little bit more impressed with the quality of those products. Plus at $1,800, I kind of feel like that levels it up a little bit um, for quality. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I high hopes. So to answer your second part, are they kind of do with the, done with the main USA amps? I think for the most part. I think the JMod and the DGT amp and the, um, what's the uh, HR, whatever, the hot rod, whatever, the Jimi Hendrix one, 100 water you know, some amps like that because they, they don't plan to sell a lot. Right. And to be honest with you, uh, I don't know this to be true. Okay. But, um, but I would imagine part of the appeal of selling the high end boutique, um, 100 watt amp for Paul Reed Smith is that they were knew they were going to make the 20 watt. Right. Or could have worked backwards. They could have made the high end 100 watt and then decided, Hey, you know, why don't we make some money and actually make an import? That's that's more price friendly at $800. So yeah, it's, it's the future. Um, it's again, why, why a bunch of us, uh, got together and said, Hey, we want to make something in the USA because everybody's jumping ship. What can we do to hold on to the, what, you know, the old days? I don't expect everybody to do it. I just, I just, we just wanted to be we wanted to be made in USA. That's it. So does that answer your question? Jeff says, Phil, Les Pauls, Les Pauls have a bridge and saddle. Okay. You adjust the bridge for action height. Why is the saddle fully adjustable? Oh, okay. So, um, Jeff, um, should we adjust it? Uh, I have a video called how to set your intonation. That's what the front and back is for is the intonation. And so I will put a link right here in the video to go to it. It's the it's not the best intonation video on the internet. It's probably not even in the top 10 best ones. It's the shortest one. And it will at least either solve your problem and you'll fully understand, or you'll go, okay, I think I understand the concept. Let me find another video, <laughs> which is what I, I made it for. It was to just be a quick reference thing. So that's what you need it for. Um, and he said, he clarified, means tailpiece. Oh, he means tailpiece, not saddle. So he says, now tailpiece, tailpiece, that would be adjusting the height up and down. That is to adjust how the strings feel when you bend them. Um, so if you lower it, it's going to feel a little different than if you raise it. You can experiment when at home. It's free and it doesn't cost anything to do. You're just going to have to tune up your guitars and you'll notice a difference. I promise. Slight, but you will notice it. It'll be, uh, uh, Bruce says, I saw Jeff Beck. Okay, so when these questions came in, we had just learned about Jeff's passing which was sad. And, uh, he was saying he saw Jeff Beck in November, November. We had talked about this last week. I really kind of don't want to hit it again. Um, other than just say that, you know, it's been a horrible, a couple years. <laughs> I was going to say a couple weeks. Cause, uh, we just lost Crosby too. Um, you know, it just seems, I'm going to reiterate what I said because the last show didn't get aired because of the technical difficulties. Here's what I want to tell you. The same thing I told you last week. 
I know the, the, the concert rates are out of control. They're the most expensive we've ever seen. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I've been going to concerts since COVID has been letting us go back to concerts. And I mean, the, the prices I pay, sometimes I'm scratching my head going, what is wrong with us? Is <laughs> Right? What is wrong with this? But what I will tell you is, is if you have, if you have some, some artist that speaks to you, what I will tell you is, is you better see them because here's what I decided a couple of years ago. I decided that what's really happening is either the artists are dying, they're breaking up, right? Or they're retiring. And although I hope for the retiring <laughs> for them, I wish them all retirement. Those three things are making it to where, you know, you're just, you're never going to see these bands again. And so I've decided, um, I can tell you right now, my wife and I have an agreement and uh, we've been holding to it. As you know, we just saw Elton John and, and I told you guys I saw Barry Manilow. If an artist puts this is their finest final tour, we go see them. Because we're like, it's the last chance to see them. We're going to go see them. So there is something I didn't say last week that I want to say now, though. There is a piece of advice I want to give you guys that I've kind of learned. First, see as many bands as you can before it's too late. Second, <laughs> second, if they're going to, if you, if you, if they are on a farewell tour, go see them. The last piece of advice, and I want you to take it with a grain of salt, is salt, grain of salt is if you've seen a band in their heyday, don't go see them again. <laughs> I have learned this. I went and saw uh, Van Halen. I had never seen Van Halen live. I saw Van Halen when they did that last tour with Dave Lee Roth. I went with a bunch of my friends. I loved it. My son loved it. All my friends thought it was horrible. They told me it was horrible because they said it wasn't, you know, the same. And I didn't understand what they were saying until I went and saw a band that I loved 20 years later. And I went, oh, yeah, that's not holding up. <laughs> so what I'm saying is if you have a great memory of an older band, maybe go see a new band you haven't seen before you go see one of the old bands you love. And your last, your last memory of that is not that they're like, yep, they don't have that. They don't have the juice anymore. So just like I said, be, be weary. Like I said, that, that's just my two cents. All right. Uh, what else? Okay. All right. Uh, e e Eason, Eason says, hey, Phil, would it be worth it to buy a PRS SE594 and replace the pickups with the actual 5815 LTs or just get an S2 being that it would have save you money. Look, the if you buy the S2 used especially and you buy those pickups, you will come out probably ahead of that deal because it'll probably cost you about the same. If you're going to buy one new, it'll still be a little cheaper to go to the SE. I have a better piece of advice. Get this. I talked to Jean at PRS and I let her know that uh, my wife is now running the Instagram and she wants to do giveaways every month. And these lovely amazing, talented people that I'm lucky enough to work with, which is Gene and my wife, uh, came up with the coolest damn idea. So uh, it's probably going to be next week. Okay. So I just want you to be aware of it. Of course, if you're a channel member or you're a patron, you're already entered in this. I'll be announcing it on Instagram. And of course, I'll be talking about it on the show. So if you don't do Instagram, you can hear here. Um, we're going to be doing the ultimate, what do we call it? The ultimate uh PRSSE mod giveaway, which is we're going to be giving away a set of those $500 PRS8515 pickups, some locking keys for an SE, um, or 
uh, and a, a, a PRS strap. It's like a thousand dollars worth of stuff. It's everything you need. If you have a Paul Reesmith SE, you can dial it in. So uh, we're giving that away. So the PRS people want to work with us on, and do that. So, um, so what I would suggest to you is don't buy that stuff. <laughs> Eason said, uh, enter in that contest because what's great is, is so far the contest we run, look, these aren't thousands of people entering. I think one of the biggest contests we did was the one with Stu Mac and we probably had 600 people entered, which is a lot of people. So think of this, the other contests have been maybe 300 people. Sounds like a lot of people, but in the grand scheme of things, those are pretty good odds for a thousand dollar prize. So, uh, go ahead and try that out. Otherwise, like I said, me personally, if you want to upgrade your SE, I say go for it. But I do, I I would, if you asked me personally, if I could have an SE modded up or an S2, I'd probably still pick the S2 just because I, I keep my S2s and I like them and I, I seem to be bonded to them. Uh, Clan of Housecats says, hey, new guitar day. He bought a Gibson Les Paul Trad Pro. That's traditional pro. And he says, uh, got adapters to put in the Duncan trash factor set i didn't even know that. oh thrash factor i didn't even know that was a thing i like the electronics and options in the guitar thank you for sharing uh okay so what else we have peter says hey phil why are the pickups in most strats still staggered um he says i i have a to tilt the pickup but even the g-string is way too loud i don't get it or is that the Strat sound? Well, look, there's a couple reasons. One, they do it because traditionally that's how it was done, so to speak. And two, they do it because a lot of times when you're making a guitar, you know, you just go with what sounds good and they probably like the way it sounds. I mean, that's essentially the the, the, factus, the fastest way uh, to say that answer, which is they just like the way it sounds. Uh, if you don't like it, you can always replace them. <laughs> so, or tilt them or lower them back. Um, so you know... In most cases, you should be able to, with very little difficulty, be able to push those slugs down. I, ha I have a caution myself to recommend that because there could be problems, but I have done it for customers. I don't remember it being too difficult, <laughs> but if you look at the bottom of that pickup, all the slugs are flush and they're all, all different heights. And the different heights is obviously on the top end. You can push them flat on the top end and there'll be all different heights on the bottom end and it should still fit in the cavity. But I don't know if I'd recommend that, but it can be done. I would just say if you're having issues, look, if, you're, if the guitar doesn't sound right, a new set of pickups is not the most expensive thing to do. Um, you can always get a new set of pickups, relatively inexpensive, whether they go used or off-brand. It's, it's, it's a relatively minor uh, thing to have to upgrade in the grand scheme of things. D. Sharon says, what pickups would you recommend for a PAF lover to put in a single coil telly? You know, what's interesting about that is I think this is where I've learned the hard way <laughs> that back in the day, before I've done the thousands of hours of comparison <laughs> of guitars, I would have said, you know, get yourself a 59, little 59 by Seymour Duncan. That's the 59 little. But now I've kind of learned like, no, don't do that. You know what I would say is don't go for the pickup that's supposed to sound like the PAF. Get a pickup that will give you what the PAF's doing, which is that big full sound. I would actually do something like a quarter pounder from Seymour Duncan. Put that in that telly. That thing will be huge sounding. Uh, the BG 1400 which is the Billy Gibbons pickup from uh, Seymour Duncan is also great. I, of course, am a huge fan of the Chopper by uh, by DiMarzio. The one thing that's interesting about stacked single-coil style pickups is 
a lot of the best ones are from the bigger mass producers of pickups. Like it's not like one of those things where I can go, Hey, this little builder in Utah is the best little, you know, pickup builder for that. A lot of the, the smaller pickup winders tend to do, you know, the humbuckers, P90s and single coils and not the stack style stuff. The, the, the bigger guys seem to have the stack stuff down. So I would say those three pickups would be suggest what I would suggest. All three of those I know would give you a bigger sound. Um, and the quarter panel will give you 60 cycle hum, I think. I can't remember if it's stacked or not. But the BG1400 and the chopper by DiMarzio will not. Get to the chopper. Uh, it says, Jay says, been said too much. Guitar amp value. Okay, EG, $500 guitar, $500 guitar to a $500 amp. But modelers make that suddenly doesn't seem to matter. I get it, but it also, I don't. Okay. So I think what the core of this question is kind of like whether you buy an, a, a nice, uh, buy an expensive guitar. This is what I'm going to translate this to because I think this is the core of the question. Buy an expensive guitar, buy an expensive amp. Um, everybody has different opinions. I'm always going to be buying an expensive guitar because to me it's, got, it's I, I could play any one of the guitars I love behind me. I can plug them into the Amplified Nation hand-wired super-duper expensive amp or my bad cat amp and be like, yes. Or I can just go on my the TH... Yamaha TH2 and it's fine. <laughs> right. It, to me, it's like, it's, it's, it's all a personality thing. What you need. I need to feel connected to the instrument. I need to feel like the instrument isn't stopping me from doing, you know, from, from doing what I want to do. I, I feel like I need to connect there first. And then after that, I'll make everything else work. I really don't want to. <laughs> In other words, I don't want to use an amp I don't want. But, but I mean, if you gave me that choice, some guitar players will literally give you the exact opposite answer. They'll go, I'll, I'll play anything as long as the amp sounds good. Everybody has different needs. And, and uh, that's why I always say gear is for the artist and not the audience, right? The audience isn't supposed to even be involved in the process. <laughs> so I love, I love when somebody goes, you know, the audience can't tell if you're using a real classic Marshall. I'm like, they're not supposed to tell, <laughs> right? In fact, your job is to take that crappy crate gorilla amp you have and make it sound like a Marshall. You're supposed to make everything sound good. That's your job as a musician. I always use this analogy. I love it. It's like the chef analogy. The chef's job is to make the food taste good, even if he doesn't have the ingredients he needs or wants, right? That's your job. So I always understand when someone says, hey, the audience can't tell. You you can use whatever you want. The reality is the audience can't tell. So that's why I always say that's proof that it really only matters to you. So it matters to you. If, it, if you need an expensive guitar and an expensive amp to feel good, I guess do that. If you want to play a Squire into uh, a Bujera, uh, do that. Because deep down, I don't think there's a really a big difference when it comes down to things. It's all an emotional connection. Like I said... I'm more connected to the paint job on a guitar than sometimes than anything else. So, okay. Um, let's see. Meester wants to know, is there any updates on the laid off fender workers? I know they did two rounds of rehiring. So I don't know if they rehired the workers they laid off or if they hired new workers, but they did start hiring again uh, pretty much immediately after within weeks or months. I feel like no time at all. They were hiring people back or at least trying. So who knows? Who knows? Now I hear grumbling. They might be automating stuff. Which by the way, is the future of all factories. So, uh, you know, what can you say about that? You can't say anything. Okay. 
Um, okay. Um, hold on, I'm just looking at some some stuff, just some questions, some subjects. All right, hold on, let me go back over. Okay, uh, next, what do we have? We have, I have no idea. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna read the question. This is glad I get to join all of you today from work. Last year, I went from working at Guitar Center Lessons Manager, many stores, to now working at a law firm. <laughs> That's an upgrade for sure, man. <laughs> guitar Center Lawyer. Okay, it says, I miss the guitars and the Guitar Center staff, but not a, but not the corporate BS. Um, and he says, uh, the GX1, much love. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, so that's pretty cool. So I'm assuming you obviously went to law school. <laughs> so I don't know. That's that's pretty a big jump, man. Uh, guitar Center. <laughs> it's like, it's like, uh, it's like, wouldn't that be cool? Like a guitar store and legal advice. You walk in, you're like, yeah, I want to get some picks, but also... What does the law say if I, just kidding. That's pretty cool, man. I'm, I'm excited. But yeah, I get it. Look, I, I obviously I had the store for 13 years and um, people always ask me often what I miss and I'm, I'm always at a loss. Like I obviously I, I talked to a lot of customers that I went to the store over the years. A lot of them became my friends. And, um, and when I bump into them, I always kind of like, you know, there's always that like, oh, I remember coming to the store. That was kind of cool. But also there is something about just working in a music store that's kind of got a vibe. It's just like, you know, you're just around the thing you love. Sometimes I don't get to miss it as much because the fact that I kind of still live in a all guitar world all the time, I'm pretty much surrounded by it. So, so yeah, I can understand missing it. Uh, Vim69 says, Phil, there's too much relief in the neck of my 335 and no matter how much I adjust the rod, it won't flatten out. What are my options? Um, so I'm assuming what you're saying is your truss rod's maxed out. In other words, you've tightened it down as far as it can go and it's just, and you're still got relief. And the, so first the question is, is that, a, you know, is that a problem? Cause the, the problem would be that you have high action then, right. Or especially in certain spots of the neck. So, um, I always, the reason I say this is don't get too carried away with the, what the relief is in a perfect world. The guitar needs no relief. It's just flat. That's a perfect world. <laughs> Things aren't perfect in the perfect world, especially when you're talking about dead wood. So it literally could be, you know, you need a little relief. Um, in your case, if the relief's not causing any issues, you don't don't worry. I know sometimes you get more focused on the numbers and the, st the, the specifications than how it feels. Play it. Now, of course, you're playing it and you're like, it's not, not feeling great. The action feels a little high. There feels a little issue, but, and you can't straighten out the neck. Um... I would actually at that point, because you have a 335 and I'm assuming it's a Gibson, it might be an Epiphone either way. I would probably take it to your local tech or luthier. I know there's a couple of fixes I have for that, but I don't know if I could say like there's a common household thing. Usually the the the, the problem is if the neck's straight and it won't come back, it won't give relief. There's a way to correct that with strings and tension and stuff. But, you know, I don't want you to like, yeah, take off your strings and let it kind of like stretch out. Like, no, you may want to take it to somebody. Grumpy Mike Guitar says, congrats on the new guitar company. I love that UNTK teamed up, and I love that it's USA made. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, like I said, one thing I, one thing that we did talk about that we kind of feel bad is because the articles all picked up the YouTuber side of this, which is the Tongue King and I, 
It's like we're getting all the thing, but Luca and Brian are a big part. Of, we're not the big. Well, I'm the smallest part, I think. <laughs> like when it comes to like what's how, what was involved in doing certain things, but like I said, there's a lot of people involved in it, and 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 then like some official type ownership things, which really has to do. So you understand the official ownership stuff really has to do with like, we need a bank account for money to go into by legally. So somebody has to be on the, on the, on the LLC and stuff. So that's where, like where, where you go, like, I have a piece of the company. I mean, it's really what it is. You just need people, you know, you need, the company has to operate with a partnership. Right. So, um, but there's a lot of people involved. And like I said, Luca is, uh, amazing in designing. Brian is amazing. Uh, trust me, there's more, and here's what I want to say this for, and this is really interesting, I hope. Don't just look at the guitar when you see the guitar and go, oh, yeah, I see how involved it is. You should look at the website. Look how amazing the website is. Like, like, like you just can't pull this off, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. There's no way. There's no way, like, two YouTube dudes are like, yeah, we got a website that's fully, I mean, it's an amazing website. And we have, you know, our Instagram, everything's like running like clockwork. We have full, if you email, you get full response, customer service. I mean, it's literally as legit of a company as can be when it comes to what it has and its support and what's involved in it. And, uh, and, um, so like I said, so I appreciate that. But like I said, I also want you to acknowledge that, yeah, Guitar World and all the people that talked about it really wanted to hammer on the, because uh, it was great cl title clicking was there's, it's a YouTuber company, but it, um, it, uh, it's more, like I said, it's way more involved than, like I said, what I do, you know, and what Tone King does. And we all do different things. Um, by the way, I'll be on Tone King's channel tonight because he asked me to come on and talk about it. So of course I'm going to, I'm going to stay up late. <laughs> I don't even know what time it is. It's at, I think it's like 10 o'clock his time. I'll put a link right here so you guys know. Um, Potter says, I've got a PRS Hollow Body 2 Paizo on order from Sweetwater for $1,325. I got it ordered before the price hike to $1,599. I saw they hiked the price. I was like, oh, it stung so bad. What do you think about these guitars? I love them. I love, love, love them. I will gladly tell you this, this story over and over again. PRS Hollow Body 2 uh, SE guitar. When the first one they ever shipped me, I don't even know if I told you guys this story. I will tell you this story. So if I told it before, I told it before. But I don't think I did. I think I kept it to myself. So right when COVID happened, I know it's like a lot of COVID talk. I'm sorry. Uh, PRS sent the new P, uh, Paul Reesmith SE hollow body too. I was very excited. I was super excited, you know, right. Especially then. Cause I was like, the whole world was closing down and locking up. Cause it was like March that of 2020 and the guitar shows up. I open up the case. I go, this is amazing. I can't wait to share it with the audience. And, uh, I looked at the price and it was like $1,200. I go, Ooh, a little pricey. And then I saw main China I go main China, $1,300. It's a lot of money. You know, I mean, we're just not used to seeing that price point uh, on a guitar. And I was conflicted because I was like, you know, it's hard. You know, I, I tend to always, as you know, kind of call it where, how I see it. If I like something, I like it. If I don't like it, I like it. I definitely do not subscribe to the channel uh, logic of I only show you stuff I like. As you guys know, I've willfully shown you stuff I don't like. <laughs> I'm laughing because sometimes I, I question my logic of when I do that. Uh, it would be a lot easier if I just sent every every video was, it's amazing. And then you go, you never say anything negative. And I go, well, I just don't show you anything I think is negative. But the reality is I show you guys all the time stuff I'm obviously not happy with. Um, 
so uh, my point with that is I was conflicted because I was like, I just can't, I don't know what to say about this guitar. I felt like it was overpriced for the value proposition it was giving. And because uh, of COVID, I had nothing to do. <laughs> I was locked down. And so I played it for weeks and I fell in love with it. And uh, and I will gladly tell you to this day, it's nicer than my USA one, which is a hard thing to say. Yeah, it is. Uh, so uh, so I think you'll be happy with it. I think 1325 is high, but now that it's 16, I mean, it's a deal, you know. So there you go. I was kind of figured they were going to jack up the price when they came up with a new, like, stripped down mahogany one, because that's usually what happens when a company comes up with a new version. It's like, we made a more affordable version of the thing. And then what ends up happening is the more affordable thing ends up being the, th- the old price of the old thing, and the old thing goes up in price. It seems to be the worst. And, it's, and everybody's guilty. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. It's the worst, but it's, I, it's just how everybody does it. Um, we, next question was, my 59 Epiphone Les Paul has five seconds more sustain. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it says that my Gibson 60 standard unplugged. Both set up. Epiphone is older, has older strings. What am I doing wrong? What are you doing wrong? You can't, you can't, you can't science a guitar. <laughs> that's that's the reality of this okay if you could science a guitar then somebody would kill the entire industry by making a perfect guitar at a great price right the reality is is uh and i've said this look i've seen it i've seen it in real time so many times a customer came in the store picked up a guitar said it was the greatest guitar ever played put it down next guy comes in picks up the same guitar and says oh my god phil so you know that guitar is a hunk of junk you should probably Look at it, <laughs> right? The reality is some guitars sustain more. You know, of course, a good setup. Of course, all things being considered equal. In other words, yes, if the same strings, if the same setup, if you do this stuff, you can dial in guitars to get close, of course. But why does one guitar ring a little louder than another one? Why does one guitar feel a little softer i mean it physically makes no sense i can i can pick up two identical strats i just want to pick up strat talk about strats i can pick up two identical and i'll just keep it simple made in mexico strats same strings same pickups don't even plug them in an amp so it's not even about tone and literally go oh my god this one feels softer (laughs) i don't mean like plays easier right i mean it just feels like it feels a little softer and the other one feels a little harder and then I go, I don't know why I think that. And then without saying anything, hand it to another guitar player and then them go, yeah, this one feels a little, yeah, I see, a little softer. So um, the reality is uh, that's why we worry as consumers, guitar players are consumers, of course, as guitar players, that's why we worry about resale value. Because I love it when somebody says, I don't know why people talk about resale value. When I buy a guitar, I'm in for, you know, I, I just buy a guitar and keep it. Well, God bless you, (laughs) and you are lucky, and please don't ever change, because trust me, I think deep down everybody wishes they were like that, but the reality is exactly this. Uh, I think it's Rostilla, I'm going to mess up your name, man, so I'm going to call you Rost, 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 I'm going to just call you that, okay? I'm sorry, I don't want to jack up your name, But, uh, um, but the reality is your Epiphone it is possible to buy an Epiphone and it's just better than a Gibson. It's just, it's a fact. You can buy a Gibson and it's better than an Epiphone. That's why 
All those things are true and can be true. That's why the internet can fight. It's why it's never going to end. It's why when somebody puts in the comments, uh, my Epiphone blows away Gibson's. And then the next comment is, you're an idiot. Gibson's play so much better than Epiphone's. They literally, here's the thing that makes you laugh from my angle. They both can be right and both be wrong <laughs> because it's that guitar. And, I, and guitars are unique. And if you... And if you put your hands on as many guitars, and again, we're not talking about my store. I'm not talking about building guitars. I'm not talking about anything else. I'm not talking about working on guitars. I'm talking about a half a 500 deep dive reviews of dissecting guitars. Here's what I can tell you. Dude, guitars are just different. <laughs> there's, there's, there is, it, the more you obsess about figuring out the guitar, it's like the further you get away from quali from qualifying what the truth of the guitar is. And, uh, so, um, so I have been down your road, my friend of pulling out the stopwatch apparently and timing how long the sustain is. I I'm literally, I've been there. So I'm not making fun of you. I've been there. What I'm telling you is it could be <laughs> trying to give you an answer. It could be your pickups and your, you know, the pickups in the Gibson, maybe closer to the strings and, but deep down, I don't know. could be the setup. There's a, like I said, Remember when I said earlier, all things being equal, I would make sure that they're both set up the same strings and the pickup heights are comparably not the same height, but comparable. Cause obviously if the pickups have a stronger magnet in one pickup than the others, then you want to adjust, you know, accordingly. But that all being said, you might still end up with exactly that. The Epiphone is, sustains five seconds longer. And then my second question, which is the question when people ask me when I talk about how, Hey, this guitar sustains for 10 seconds. And somebody goes, why do you need to sustain for 10 seconds? Uh, why do you need to sustain for five seconds? <laughs> so I hope, I hope that helps. Um, uh, Ross says, which bridge do you recommend on the Badlander guitar and why? So what's great about that is there was two discussions that had to be had, uh, when we were coming out with the guitar. And the first obviously was, are we going to do a lefty guitar? And the discussion was, this is a bunch of guys who love guitar and we don't want to be a guitar company that's focused on the profits and all the other things, right? This is all about just like, let's make something cool. And then literally, you know, whoever joins us on this crazy journey there, that's what they'll come away with too is like, man, there's a lot of effort in this, but one of the things we said was, okay, we got to offer lefties cause we don't want to exclude them. And then we said, okay, here's the problem. So the lefties, I think they'll do a lefty. I'm going off what I remember in the meetings, a lot of zoom calls going for hours and hours. I believe a lefty costs us a hundred to $150 more to actually manufacture. So we talked about adding that price in. And then, uh, we said, Hey, look, I feel like the lefty guys always get screwed. <laughs> you know, it's always like, yeah, we don't do lefties. And if we do, it's more money or it takes more time. And I said, that doesn't seem right. So what we did was, and this is why I'm answering your question this way. Cause I want to, again, just let you guys know, these are the decisions that we made. The decision was, okay, let's go ahead and make lefties. Even if they cost us more money, we'll make them the same price. Then the hardtail question came out, okay? And the question was, let's do a hardtail. And at first it was like, no, this is an 80 shredder guitar. They didn't have hardtails. They had, you know, Floyd style bridges. And I was like, yeah, but not everybody's going to want that. Let's do a hardtail. And then the problem became, if you put a hardtail on the guitar, you're going to change the sound of the guitar because the mass changes at the bridge. So that's why we're using the heavy mass Goto bridge. And part of the problems with that is that bridge is expensive. 
So it's not much cheaper than the Floyd Rose, but it is cheaper. So we actually, we make $50 more. Almost, not quite, but close enough. We'll call it 50 between friends if you buy a hardtail guitar. So we use that and the logic, we were like, okay, law of averages. If somebody buys a lefty, we lose a little money. If somebody buys a hardtail, we make a little money. It all lines up in the end and everybody's got a one price, one kind of stop shop, one time frame. So that way, I just want to just be full and upfront with you why the decisions were made the way they were. Um, to answer your question, what do I recommend? I recommend the Tremolo Bridge. Um, here's why. It's because that's exactly what the guitar does. There's a reason why we decided to put the, the bridge against the body like they originally were in the early 80s before the floating trim. Look, it was good enough for Eddie Van Halen. That's why we did it. Um, you can unlock the locks on the locking nut on the on the Goto Floyd style guitar and literally uh, don't put the tremolo arm in and it'll just you'll just tune it with your normal tuning keys and it'll stay in tune and it'll be just like a hardtail bridge. And uh, that's easy. Um, you might get a residual sound from the springs in the back, but you can put a piece of foam in there and then shut the cavity and call that a day if that's what you desire. Um, so uh, that's my answer. Now, here's here's why I'm going to be diligent about what I say, because again, I want to be very upfront. The only advantage I see to buying the hardtail is one, you don't want a Floyd. I understand that. Like you don't want a tremolo. You're like, okay, didn't buy the hardtail. Also, the other advantage is, my guess is, I can already tell you from sales from those, I told you with 15 sales, by the way, 15 sales, we haven't sold a lefty yet, <laughs> but so if you're a lefty, you'll be the first one lefty ever. Um, but, uh, from the 15 sales, I believe Luca told us today in our group, uh, chat meeting that three were hardtails. So, uh, my guess is we're not selling, obviously we're not selling that many hardtails. So there'll be more rare. So that's another advantage to buying the hardtail, but uh, I wouldn't think like that. I would just think like, if you don't see yourself wanting a tremolo ever, do the hardtail. And but if you if you're thinking about hardtail because you're concerned about stability of tuning, trust me, the 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 hardtail uh, the tremolo can be basically a hardtail, no problem. So it's against the body, and you can just tighten the springs down. You don't even need to block it or anything. It'll just be a hardtail as far as you're as far as you're concerned. Just when you restring, you'll have to do the Floyd Rose style process. But again, it's not a big deal. Uh, Mr. G says, I got the SE594 yesterday, a couple small issues. Okay. He says, if it hadn't found, wait, if I hadn't found your content and learned to do small repairs, I'd be pissed off and sending it back. So thanks. But isn't that bad on PRS? What I'm curious if you could, Mr. Uh, and I, I'm probably saying your name wrong. It's Mr. G, right? And I don't know why I say, I think it's because there's another viewer. His name's Meester and I'm used to the E's and I confuse it with yours. Uh, Mr. G, could you do me a favor? And, uh, could you send me, uh, to pmcknight7, it's pmcknight7 at gmail.com. But if you go to the, uh, ask Know Your Gear, or sorry, if you go to the Know Your Gear, knowyourgearpodcast.com. You can contact me there. Just send me a message. I don't care because I'll look for it. I'll, I'll know what to look for. If you could send me pictures or a little, like a paragraph and some pictures, there's a reason why I like to know this stuff. When you guys, if you guys ever have an experience, I, like I said, I love this because, you know, Paul Reed Smith sends me that 594 SE. And Jean is very, very responsible. Like she does not, cherry pick me a guitar but she always asks them to do a once over because that's what they do if they send it to an artist that's what they do to everybody that's why i always said we but i can't control what comes to me okay 
And by the way, like I've said, I can't control if I buy it or if they send it. It's like, you know, the luck of the draw almost every time. But that being said, I like to see when you guys have experiences uh, that aren't is the same as in the video. And believe it or not, that actually gets back to those companies. I don't ever let anything lie. Like if I talk to another company, I always remind them. And one person like Mr. G, if you send it to me, that's not going to mean a lot. When I mean it mean a lot, it means like if I tell one person out of all the people who bought one from the video, he didn't have a great experience. But if I get four or five, that's something I can talk about. And you know what? And, and this is what's great. A lot of the companies, they, I guess I, I'm trying to say this without being an asshole, but I don't think there's a way to say it. Companies, the way I do the review structure, this deep dive review structure, companies are either afraid and they don't want to be anywhere near me or they don't want to send me a guitar. They don't want to know my name. They don't want to know what the hell I'm going to do to that guitar. Or they absolutely want to know what I do to that guitar and they absolutely want to hear what you guys say. I find it's always the extreme. It's never like, you know, whatever. It's always like, no, <laughs> right? So um, so that's why I, like I said, don't be afraid to share good and bad experiences with me, guys. Uh, even if I don't respond, trust me, that stuff all gets put somewhere. And I always, you, you see how I talk on the show. This is how I talk when I'm talking to companies. Except I, I tend to curse a little bit more, but, <laughs> um, I'll tell them, you know, I want to, I want to know this stuff, you know, and it's, it's important to me. So I'm glad, um, Easter that you had the skills to fix the issues. I get that it would piss you off. Cause again, I look SE 594. SE is great, but it's a thousand dollar guitar. It's a thousand dollars. We're not in the SE kind of realm anymore. SEs are, I don't care about inflation. I mean, I do, <laughs> but a thousand dollars is not $50. It's not $500. I, I keep hearing it. You know, a thousand dollars, the new 500. Screw that. A thousand dollars is a shit ton of money. Excuse my language. I see now I feel like I'm talking to a company. Um, it's a lot of money and it should be right. And then, like I said, and I've said this before, look, don't ever uh, worry about this if, with me. If you, if you get a guitar that I reviewed because I reviewed it and you decided you feel comfortable with what I said, and then you get it and it's not pleasant, take my video and send an email and say, hey, I watched this guy's video. He says it's great, right? Indict me on it. I wouldn't have bought it if he didn't say it great. You sent it to him. So either he's lying or you're lying. Who's lying? <laughs> Right? Don't be that jerky. You understand what I'm saying. But but let them know. Because again, I find that it's it's um it's important. It's important to me that we all have a like experience. Like I said, I don't I don't I don't want to uh <laughs> like somebody somebody was beating me up on the Badlands review because I said the handshake was bad on the guitar. And they were like, Well, you may help make the guitar. How come you didn't fix that? And I'm like it wasn't a priority for me, but I still got to call it out. That's the problem with the formula of the deep dive. I don't have a, I don't have control, right? If I would have not done the sock test and not done the handshake, you guys would all have called me out on it. <laughs> so, um, so, so like I said, so I'll call out what I see in the videos. I'm not perfect. I have flaws all the time when I, when I call, I forget stuff to, to do in the videos. Or like I said, if I, I could have a totally different experience that is, that is, let's be honest, it could be luck and it, sometimes it could be intentional because I'm a YouTube channel and they're not stupid. They know if it's a good review, they're going to sell a lot of guitars. But here's what I don't want. I don't want you to buy a lot of guitars because it doesn't hurt them, right? It actually hurts me. If you buy a guitar because I say it's good and then you have a horrible experience, you're not watching me anymore. 
That's the only way I make any damn money is if you guys watch, <laughs> subscribe, maybe Patreon a little bit. I mean, like I said, the company payouts, the companies, if you can get a company to pay you a little bit, that's nice because it helps the channel. And if, like I said, it can flip a piece of gear that helps the channel, just keeps it all going. But ultimately, I've said this before, I work for you guys. I don't work for the companies. Not only just is I think that's ethically the way it should be, uh, it's unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, it's physically, financially how it is. So, um, there you go. All right. Um, I'm off that tirade, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I, you know what it is? You, you got a little pissed. I got a little pissed because I don't want, I don't want to hear that you had a bad experience. So I hope it got resolved and I hope you, and don't forget Mr. G, Mr. G, if something was wrong in the guitar, one piece of advice I will give you is please do not ever hesitate to reach out to the retailer that sold it to you and let them know, Hey, I had this experience is there something you can do to make the experience pleasant again? Again, you know, is that a free, it's a free t-shirt. Like if you want a free 60 cycle hum t-shirt, 60 cycle, 60 cycle hum, sent me a shirt. So I put it on. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you guys. I have to send them a shirt now, but as the shirt swap. So, uh, let's say, uh, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, you get them to send you a shirt, get them to give you a discount on the guitar. Um, the very least, one of the things I always say is try to think about like whatever you had to do as a repair, if you did the repair yourself, and that's part of the part of the problem is if you did the repair yourself, you really don't know what the financial, you know, what you should ask for financially. What I would say is just basically look at what the going rate for the repair work you did yourself is and ask them to compensate, compensate you that. So. Mr. Blue, uh, great question. And I actually, I, I, hate the question, but I'm glad you asked it. And here's why I hate the question. I'm going to answer your question. It says, when you renew your patron subscription, do you still get gift packs? There is a, the problem is so big. I don't know how to fix it. And here's the problem. Okay. Um, patron is the only way we have really that I have, I found that lets me have a way for you to support this channel financially, besides like just telling you to go like PayPal me or something like that. Right. So the problem is, is that Patreon, Patreon is designed by their design. So like I said, I'll indict them for this really about getting you to get on Patreon, but then it really doesn't seem to give a crap about you once you're on Patreon. So like for me, I wish I had a place, a field where Patreon would like put all your birthdays. I would gladly send everybody birthday cards on my Patreon if I could do it. Uh, that's why my wife's running Patreon right now, trying to fix things or do things that Patreon doesn't do. And one of the things that happens that sucks is, is when you renew on Patreon, it doesn't tell me. I have no way to see where it is. So I don't know you did it. So, um, and I hate this answer. That's why I said, I hate, I, I'm glad you asked the question, but I, I hate that I have to give this answer. What you would have to do is you would have to email us through Patreon, which will go to me and, and Shauna, my wife, and Shauna would take care of you, right? She'll take care of it. But like, there's just no other way for us to do it. I would love it if every every time there was a renewal, there was some way we could address it and do stuff. Um, the other problem is, is going into the Patreon, I didn't know what I was doing. This is like four years. I've, you know, most of my patrons have been with me for five years now. Thank you guys, by the way, for that. I mean, uh, Brian Stewart's been, you know, a patron for, like I said, probably five years or longer. I don't know, a long time. And just, I'm just looking and just looking at names. And uh, back then I didn't know to track all this stuff. So it's, it's a little difficult, but 
like I said, I, I apologize for that answer. I am ashamed of that answer. I just don't have a way to fix it as of yet. Um, ultimately, as you see, we're building websites. We're, we're advanced, you know, we're building things out. My wife, again, is dedicating hours to this. We're, we're going to get it done. That being said, we'll get on top of it. But um, at this answer, at that current answer, I don't, it doesn't automatically do it. So if you, if you, I know it's probably, again, I feel embarrassed to say you have to tell me, <laughs> but you do have to tell me because otherwise we won't know. Okay. Uh, uh, John says, hey, will the headstock shape be different on other Badlands guitar models? Not in the next, the answer, easy answer is not in the next two runs. It'll be the same headstock. The headstock was designed by us. It's uh, it's like owned by us, which is nice. Um, you can imagine, you know, it's funny it's when you're making an 80s uh, guitar. I mean, every 80s guitar has been done. So, I mean, everything's going to look like, you know, the Jacksons or Charvels or, you know, Kramers or whatever. So, I mean, there's just no way around that. But um, the headstock at first is our design. So, we're going to stick with it because, we, you know, obviously Luca uh, started the design and it was just great. And then, uh, but you know, what's great is there's no, no answers to the company. We can do whatever we want, but there's no thought process to do that now. So, okay. Um, okay. Hold on. Excuse me while I read another question and drink a little water real quick. Okay. Uh, Travis says, Hey, Epiphone prophecy adjusted truss rod a quarter turn and then tried to pull the key i pulled too hard and the rod came out pushed back and it will will it be okay yeah yeah it popped out and you push it back in it's fine it's not what it's supposed to do but <laughs> it's fine my guess is and again i didn't see it so i'm going off what you said my guess is there's uh there should be a a something holding it compression wise or a piece of glue or something and it's fine it's, it's like I said, my only question would be after it pop back in and stuff it, you know uh, next time you have to adjust it that's when you'll know if you know you have any issues but right now i don't see anything um mark says can you compare contrast the thornbuckers to the 58 15s do you prefer one over the other uh vintage mccarty to me they're very different pickups like i said the thornbuckers to me are uh, they're the, in my, to my ears, they sound the closest to the Eric Johnson DiMarzio humbuckers. And I always love saying that because then people are like, Eric Johnson has a humbucker? Yeah, he has a signature humbucker from DiMarzio. And it's a very low output pickup. And he had it designed to sound kind of like a, um, a, uh, a single coil. And that's kind of what I think of the Thornbuckers. They kind of sound like, um, uh, hold on a second. There you go. Uh, kind of sounds like a, a fat single coil. Uh, that's what the Thornbuckers sound like to me. They sound really clear and crisp like a like a single coil, but full like a humbucker. And um, the 5815s do not have that same tone to me. So they are different sounding pickups. So with that being said, uh, that probably doesn't help you with, the, you know, or, you know, kind of figuring out which one's right for you, but at least it helps you with knowing that they're not identical so that you don't have to just go, okay, I can get one or the other and it doesn't matter. It will matter. Potter says, Hey, I have a PRS hollow body two piece. Oh, I did this one. How weird. <laughs> I'm like going back in time. Um, okay. 
Uh, you know what? This is a perfect time to segue. I want to take a second, if you don't mind. I want to share some stuff with you guys. I, I thought I would do this. It would be fun. I always like to do stuff like this. Uh, Brian Stewart. Uh, some people sent me some stuff in the mail. And I don't share this stuff very often, but I want to share this stuff right now. Uh, Brian Stewart sent me this cool uh, Angus Young ACDC Funko Pop. Uh, <laughs> so thank you, Brian. I appreciate that. I love the SG. My wife came up and handed it to me. And I was like, what is this? And she's like, Brian got you a Funko Pop. And I'm like, oh, that's cool, man. So thank you, Brian. I appreciate this. Um, as you guys know, I have a little, not a collection. I wouldn't say I collect Funko Pops, by the way. I have like, this is like number five for me. I have Slash. I have a viewer made me a Funko Pop. So I have a Funko Pop of myself. Uh, I have a, a Bruce Campbell Funko Pop and an Eddie Van Halen Funko Pop. So, so thank you for that. I also got this. Whoops. Andrew Smith sent me this cool book, the Box Guitar Blues book, and uh, and a nice little letter. I appreciate you the, sending that. It was really nice of you. Like I said, it's got all this information. He sent me some more Flatwood picks and a card, and uh, I appreciate that. Um, and uh, I did start checking out the book. It's pretty cool, like I said. And he's like, I, I need to get in. He needs. Me. He says I need to get into uh, the, uh, the Box Guitar Blues <laughs> Uh, and I might do that. And then the other thing that came was kind of funny. So Steve, who owns Snark and Dane Electro, uh, was watching the episode where I was talking about my coffee frustration with uh, Starbucks. And he sent me a gift card to Starbucks and a card. And um, speaking of which, he just got him and his whole family got COVID last week. So I hope he's Steve, if you're watching this, you got better. And uh, he sent me this. And why would you guys care about that? Well, I want to share with you for a reason, because I'm going to tell you what he did. So he sent me the new Snark. As you guys know, I like Snarks. I use them. Um, there, That's how I became friends with them. I would talk about Snarks all the time, and then he watched the channel and said, hey, why don't I, why don't I support you with Snarks? So they came out with a new Snark called the Snark Air, right? Let's see. If, do I do it? Do I unplug it? How do I do it? Do I have to charge it? I think I have to charge. Oh, no, there it is. So this is the new Snark Air. So a lot of you guys that don't like Snarks uh, don't like the fact that when you drop them, the arm breaks. This is a new clamping system, and it goes behind your headstock. And if you've been watching my videos lately, you've been seeing it's there. You're just seeing the little, little tip of it. Why does this matter that some guy sent me a Snark? Well, what matters, uh, this is the new $30 Snark, like I said, and it's rechargeable. So you just basically touch it, see, and it turns on. And it USB recharges, and his card said, "Hey Phil, uh, I'd like to send you a hundred free snarks to give away if you want." <laughs> and I thought, "Yeah, my wife's gonna love this idea." <laughs> I'm a little sarcasm there. I was like, "Hey, yeah, she would love to ship a hundred things." Um, I, I'm just being funny. And he says, uh, "And if you wanna, uh, if you wanna work it out." Uh, we can do it. So I emailed him back. That's how I know he had COVID. And again, I hope he gets better. And we're going to be doing some giveaways and promotions with those. So I wanted to thank him for that. That was really cool. I thought that'd be fun. So we'll be doing all kinds of promotions. Obviously, 100 snarks. There's going to be a lot of <laughs> a lot of people are going to get a $30 snark. So I'm very excited about that. So that was really cool. And uh, and um, um, that was his way of saying thank you because he knows I I use them and I support him and stuff. And and um, and I'm sure it's because you guys buy them and, and support him and stuff. And, and, uh, like I said, and I got a, more coffee, which is always nice. So I just thought I'd take a second. It also lets me take a second from answering the questions. And I, that's why I did it. It's a nice little mid break on the show. 
So I can go back to guitar stuff. So here's the guitar stuff. Next question comes from Jeff with one F. He says he bought a D'Angelico that was on sale at Musician's Friend today. Um, it was horrible. Literally cracks in the body, clear coat, bubbling, other finished flaws. Sent it back. Do I even bother trying again? Well, you know, I get it. It's a time suck, right? You know, they should have covered shipping to and fro, so to speak, and you shouldn't be anything out, out anything about your time. If it's the day Angelico's I saw on Music Friend when they were blowing them out, the prices were pretty sweet. So the odds of you getting two crappy ones in a row, not likely, but here's where it gets a little tricky, and this is where it gets tricky, okay? Sometimes when a company is blowing out a guitar, it could be because it's not selling well. That makes sense, right? They're not moving the model, so let's give it a blowout price and get rid of them. Sometimes, though, I've experienced in this industry, they get a bad run of guitars. Now, I don't want to accuse D'Angelico of this because I like those guys, and I have no reason to believe that's what's going on. But it does happen in the industry. They get a bad run of guitars, and they figure, okay, well, if we cut the price low enough, you might ignore that when you get it. So, uh, that could be, so what I'm saying is that's the suck thing. You could send it back and get yet another one. So the, the answer to your question is it's your time, buddy. You decide what you want to do with it. So if you want to go through the headache of waiting for another one and open it up and checking it and sending it back, you have to just mentally go, okay, it's worth the discount for me to put on all that effort. If you're, if you're going to snap at the second one being bad, then don't, 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 don't do it. Right. But if you're prepared that the second one can be bad and it can go back as well too, just send it back and it just, you know, it goes, it's, it's fine. But, uh, but that's what I'm going to say. So it's your, it's your time. That's what you're out really. Um, I, the sick, sick, slick Nikki <laughs> says new guitar day. I got it. It's going to be new guitar days. He got a signature Matt Heafy Epiphone. Uh, I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, that's pretty cool. Thank you for sharing. Max says, Hey, Phil, reversing a Floyd Rose nut back to a standard Fender one. How do I do that? Uh, okay. I've seen someone using popsicle sticks made from birch glued on top of each other. You so see, look, they make a, I mean, you can do all kinds of things. Uh, I've done it where I just made a really long, took a piece of bone and made a really big bone nut that just fit that whole spot. That was the easiest way for me to do it. Cause I could shape it and do it that way. I've done two of them and that's not a lot, obviously, but two of them. However, they make an aftermarket replacement nut that goes into where a Floyd Rose locking nut goes. Again, I, I, I maybe installed one of those. So even less than the ones where I made one, but yeah, you can do it all kinds of ways. Uh, but the way I did it was I just did one big bone nut and did it that way. Uh, brain dead Scott said, I'm going to the Gibson garage next month and I've been saving up to buy my first Gibson, but I'm flying home. What would be the safest way to get it home? I would say ship it. That would be my suggestion to you is actually see if they'll ship it. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they're set up to ship it. Um, or, you know, if they're too expensive, you can ship it. You know, you can just get a label and have it shipped. Um, and, uh, but I would ship it. Um, I have not had great experiences bringing guitars on planes. I mean, you know, I think, I think if there was one guitar I was, oh, I would be overly concerned with to take on a plane. It would be a Gibson. They, you know, the airlines are, you know, kind of brutal, more brutal sometimes than 
than the shipping industry, but more so when the shipping, at least in the shipping industry, it's in a box on top of that. You can take it on, check it on the plane with it in the box as well. You can try and take it on the plane. Sometimes you can get away with that and, and get it on the plane and put it up by the cabin with the pilot. Uh, but me personally, I, I you know, if I, I would have it shipped, it's just easy. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to do it. And it's easy enough. I mean, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of guitars are shipped in this country every day. And it'll be fine. So, all right. Um, let me go ahead and refresh this. Okay. Uh, Mr. S says, S-E-S-S, S, Mr. S says for better better analytics could change from patron to OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, nice. I don't know anything. <laughs> I wish I did. I get the jokes uh, about OnlyFans because I like I my wife and I call fake TikTok. We were on Instagram, so Instagram's like fake TikTok because it's half the things now on Instagram are just repurposed TikTok stuff. But uh, and there's always an OnlyFans joke, and I get it. I'm not a hundred percent sure what OnlyFans is. I don't know to be honest with you if it's a porno thing or if it's not a porno thing. Some of the jokes I'm like, oh, I get it. Ha ha. His mother's on OnlyFans, and then I'm like, oh. And I tell myself all the time, I go, I should probably Google and find out exactly what it is. <laughs> but I, 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 but I, I get it. It's some kind of thing like that. But yeah, <laughs> you guys just beat me up in the comments about that. I just, I wish, I don't know. I, I feel bad going, I don't know, but I get the joke. It's some kind of, I get being on OnlyFans. I kind of feel, as I said, I feel nervous right now going, I, I, I think it's a, like a porno thing, but I could be totally wrong. <laughs> Somebody would be like, no, what are you doing? It's just for people to go on, interact with people. I think I saw an article of Tommy Lee from Molly Crew as an OnlyFans and they seemed really shocked when they did the article. So that's why I kind of assumed it's got to be something like that. I was like, oh, well, they wouldn't really care if it wasn't something weird. Uh, Grumpy Digga says, Phil looking for, uh, Phil looking for first PRS. Think PRS S2 custom faded blue smoke burst 3,300. Whoa. Oh, cause you're in Australia. AUD 799 says 3,300. No car. Try playing my first, not before, not holding. Ah, man. It's a great guitar. I, I don't, I don't know how that equates in money from the U S to Australia, but that sounds like an insane amount of money. I love my S2, so that's the only thing I can tell you. I like them a lot. Uh, in fact, here's the funny thing about my S2s. All my S2s, I love them. I play them probably more than my cores, for sure. With actually not even questionable. I mean, obviously, the one Nathan made for me is really amazing. I play that one a lot. But I mean, it, other than the fact that Nathan made me that one custom, if I play a PRS, I play my S2. And Here's the funny thing. I have not yet swapped out a single S2 pickup. Some Sometimes I read comments and I go, they're a little dark. I don't like the pickups. I'm going to swap them out. And I always go, yeah, we, I'm going to swap mine out too. <laughs> I just never do it. They're fine. I plug them in. They sound fine. Sometimes they're a little dark. Sometimes they're a little bassy and I just adjust the amp a little bit. And it just goes on my way. So I, I like S2. I really do. In fact, I, this is, I'm not starting, no rumors. Please don't start any rumors from what I'm about to say because it, it's not based on any information whatsoever. But I kind of feel like the last couple of SEs have been upgraded so much. It really does make me think that maybe it's, you know, the, I mean, they just said it's the 10-year anniversary S2, so I can't imagine anytime soon. But it kind of feels like the end of S2 at some point. Like it's, days are numbered. Like how long can you, I mean, 
Or maybe I'm totally wrong and it goes the other way. Maybe the S2 has become this price, at cores and cores become the price of private stocks. I mean, it's already starting to feel like that now. Remember when you could buy an S2 for $1,500 all day long? So, I don't know. So, so crazy. Okay. Um, hold on a second. All right. Hold on. I got another one. All right. Uh, Richard wants us to know this is no new gear week. I'm sorry, Richard. I got gear this week. Uh, it's being delivered as we speak. I found, I found a used Fender supersonic 22 head. Ah, <laughs> uh, so the guy was local and, uh, uh, so I bought on reverb and he shipped it and, uh, we'll, we'll hope, we'll hope. I'm hoping if I get to use one, it will be better than when I bought the new ones from Sweetwater that were not great. So, and um, I would have bought another one new uh, from Sweetwater, but they, Sweetwater made me nervous. Um, so I bought, I bought, if you guys remember, I bought a Supersonic 22 from Sweetwater and it was defective. And then they sent out a replacement and the, the replacement sounded not as, so the defective thing was the channel switching wouldn't switch. So the first one sounded great, but it wouldn't switch channels. And then... They sent a replacement, which worked, but didn't sound as good. It didn't sound right. It sounded like a little bassier and a little duller and the distortion not as crisp. And I was like, oh, this is horrible. Now, it could have been tubes, but I was like, I'm, not, you know, at, at $1,400 for an amp, you know, you're not very excited to try to retube it and go through all that crap. And so I sent them back and I thought I'd just buy another one, but they only had two in stock. So I sent them back and then I thought, okay, when they get more in stock. Well, when I looked, because I, I, put the little thing, you know, where you go, Hey, tell me when this product's in stock. Like I sent them back and I think probably about four or five days after I sent it back, I got a notification that they got two in stock. And I'm like, Hey, did they just take the two? I just sent back and put them back in stock. And I, I think that's what they did. I think they fixed the two that I sent back and, you know, and put them back out. But I was nervous now. So I was like, ah, I should trust them because I, like I said, I've been at their facility and I do have a lot of trust in that company. And I really seen their, I even interviewed their amp techs and I kind of feel like their amp techs are capable of fixing the problem. But I was nervous of which one would I get? Would I get the one that doesn't sound as good or would I get the one where they fix the switch? So I just waited. And so I bought a used one. So that's my new gear week for me. As you guys know, I'm, I really want a supersonic 22 because I told you guys, <laughs> I feel like sometimes as over the years, as you refine your collection, you know, it's something that's more, it's like I said, looking for something unique for yourself. Cause as you, as someone who tries gear daily, weekly and makes videos, you know, after a while, you know, I don't want to just plug into the thing I just made a video of today. <laughs> you know, sometimes you want to do something different, but sometimes I feel like the amps I have are a little disconnected from, you know, the average player. So I feel like the supersonic is like the, I feel like it's the, to me, it's one of the best go-to amps for just a great clean tone and great distortion tone. So, so, okay, hold on. All right, let me, okay, so Peter says, I'm getting, I'm getting a high-pitched metallic ghost note on my G and B strings on my Les Paul when I'm playing a medi at medium volume. It got a bit, bit better with changing the bridge, but doesn't go fully away. So the problem is, is it could be coming from what I would suggest to you is, is on your headstock, put a piece of foam underneath the strings of the headstock 
or you can wrap uh, something around it. You can wrap a sock around it. You don't mind the way it looks. Don't don't use a clean one. I mean, use a clean sock. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm going to tell you guys a sock story in a second. And my wife's going to go nuts. Okay, so, so anyways, anyways, um, uh, and that because my guess is if it's pinging, if you're hearing a high metallic sound, it's probably coming after the note. Think after the nut. So think about this. Think about the tones of what you're hearing. It's happening from two things. One of two things. It's either the string hitting something like a fret or something, and it's pinging a high frequency, or it's just resonating past the nut between the nut and the tuning keys and resonating. That's because you've got to think about it. If it's got a very high pitch metallic sound, it has to think about the string and where where would you. This is how you think about it. If you go, where would I create that sound, right? When you're listening for a sound, when you're chasing a problem on a guitar, some ways that we chase them when we're working on them is we don't go like, where is it? What is it coming from? And just randomly search. We just think to ourselves, listen to the sound and go, where would I create that if I wanted to recreate that? And funny enough, a lot of times using that logic to solve the problem, you will find it because you're like, I think I would probably hit it right. Ting. And you go, that's it. Right. So just chase it that way. So on that, on that, uh, on that note, I would just, uh, try muting the strings past the nut and see if that fixes the issue right there. And that would, uh, and that would tell you where it's coming from. And then you can address it from, from there, how to fix it. And, um, the other thing is, did you say, okay, unless I want to play a medium volume, brighter and changing. Changing the bridge doesn't do it. So I'm assuming because you change the bridge, you change the strings. Because that's one thing I want to know is if it's happening. If it's happening, if you have an issue with the sound, sometimes, you know, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like the computer guys are always like, reboot your computer, right? You know, and you're always like, hey, I had a, my computer's having an issue. And they go, reboot it. Sometimes as a guitar tech, I just want to say, restring it. <laughs> They're like, my guitar is making a funny sound. Restring it. <laughs> let's, see, let's see what restringing it does. So you might need to restring it. Now, if you already restring it, then, like I said, let's see if it's happening past the nut uh, between the tuning keys and the and the uh, the nut and the tuning keys and the nut. If it's not happening there, it's probably happening past the bridge to where it's anchored to the stop tail. Either way, that you're gonna have to solve the problem. You can shove foam in there too. Again, at first, just solve it by not you know fixing where it is, and then once you mute it and you don't hear it, then it's easier as you take the foam away, kind of figure out exactly where it's happening, what's causing it to do it. Um, it, it might be something as, as simple as your nut needs to be recut or something as like the bridge needs to be tightened down a little bit, you know, a tailpiece, something like that. So what's the sock thing? I got to tell you this. I told my wife I was going to, I threatened my wife to say, I go, I'm going to tell everybody on the show. And she's like, shook her head. So a couple weeks ago, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, I'm just telling this because I know that there's a lot of people watching this and I just want to share this stupid story with you guys. So a couple weeks ago, I was putting on my socks and I had a hole in the bottom of my sock. And I have a lot of socks. And my wife complains because I buy socks a lot. Um, I have a thing for Made in USA socks. <laughs> so when I see a package of socks Made in USA, I buy them. So uh, it's because, so, you know, I read an article once that, that when they ship socks from overseas, they, uh, they submerge the socks in formaldehyde and rat poison. And uh, so animals don't eat them on the boats. And so apparently if you buy American-made socks, uh, USA-made socks, they don't do that. So I, I buy a lot. Of, so my, my way store, the way this is important is I have a lot of socks. <laughs> okay. So I put on my socks the other day, a couple, about a week ago, and it had one had a small hole in the bottom. And then my wife goes, you have a hole in the bottom of your sock. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I, I know. I, I just, just, I just saw it. And she's like, okay. 
And then I got up to walk away and she goes, aren't you going to take that off and put a new sock on? And I go, oh no, it's last day. And then she's like, what are you talking about? And I go, no, everybody knows this. Like every guy knows this. And this is where I'm, I'm hoping you guys, some of you guys are going to dial in with me. Every guy knows when you put on a sock and it's got a hole in it, you wear that sock one last day. It's like you have the day together with that sock, you and the sock all day, knowing that at the end of the day, this sock, it goes in the trash. It's over, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's lasted its life, but you got to give it that last day. It's a sock. It's fulfilling its sock wish to live one last day before it, you know, and now that it's failed you and fallen apart. So my wife walks right up to me because I was sitting in a chair. My wife walks up to me and rips the sock like, <laughs> like, like the Hulk. <laughs> and then my foot sticking out of the sock. And I'm like, I can't have last day now with this sock. This, I can't have half my foot sticking out of a sock. And then I told her, I said, you don't understand. She goes, this is dumb. It has a hole in it. Just put on a new sock. And I'm like, no, it's last day. So when we're having dinner with, uh, with, uh, Ralph, Last Saturday, I told Ralph and he said, it's last day. I didn't even prompt it. He told Sean, he goes, it's last day. So let me know in the comments. Let my wife know in the comments that you can just tell the truth. You can say Phil's full of it or literally that's a thing, <laughs> right? Because I feel like that's a thing that it, when you got a hole in your sock, you wear it one last day and then you retire it. You don't retire it before you start the day. I could be totally wrong. Maybe I'm just a cheap ass. It could happen. <laughs> Somebody says, Chess Roots Love duct tape is amazing. I never thought of that. Just seal it with duct tape. You know, as, a, as, <laughs> as an ex-Army guy, there's just something very beautiful and poetic about that statement because I literally, we could fix a tank with duct tape. <laughs> Hundred mile an hour tape. We could fix anything. <laughs> I I am like MacGyver. If you give me some duct, I will build you a, I will fix your le broken Les Paul headstock with gut duct tape. So, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so no more super chats. And then what I want to do, if you don't mind, is pull up some of the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, this, the Know Your Gear podcast website where you go and submit questions right here. And then you get questions sent to you to me. So let's, uh, let's share that if I don't mess this up as I'm jumping around screens. So this came from Jeffrey. Jeffrey says, Hey, Phil, really liking the PRS SEDGT I received. Pickups sound much better than the pickups in my various S2 guitars. Eh, that's uh, good to know, right? Still getting used to the control layout, but there's always a, but remember, don't, don't believe anything before the, but, uh, not liking the gloss neck. Okay. That happens. It's probably your thing. So it's really hard and, and slick. Uh, it says, would you please describe how you would make this feel like a satin S2 guitars on the Friday evening show? This is a great new service for your supporters. Thank you. Many thanks from Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Um, well, you know, I got to start with the whole, please don't, uh, you know, make sure you love the guitar before you alter the guitar because you're going to kill the resale value. And I know that's not the most important thing, but it is important. If you decide you don't love this guitar, nobody's going to want to pay you once you sand that neck. Okay. No one, you're going to kill the guitar by half. So I, that's my warning. As long as you're okay with it. I just want to make sure I didn't not disclose that to you. That being said, what I would do is probably take some 400 grit sandpaper. You could do 350, but 400, if you have it, if you don't have it, you can get 350 pretty commonly at the home depot. And, uh, you just sand the neck, uh, with, um, like I said, 350 to 400 lightly. You're just scoring it up. Okay. Um, it, sometimes it's nice to take some painter's tape and maybe paint off the headstock and the base, 
you know, so like think about like a music man where they sand only the middle part where your hand touches. So sometimes you don't have to sand the whole neck and the whole back of the neck, just sand the, the parts. And, and you can be creative with the painter's tape and make it look like, you know, it's factory done, like I said, like how music man does, where there's a line where it's going to be gloss on the back of the headstock and then gloss on the heel. And then once you do that, just sand that with the 350 to 400 lightly just to score it up. And then once it's scored up, you get out your some uh, triple aught or four aught steel wool and in steel wool the back. Um, now, if you're concerned that you're going to get some of the steel wool on your pickups, you may want to put some uh, some painter's tape over your pickups over, so that they don't uh, grab the little hair follicles from the from the steel wool. And then to steel wool polish that real fast. This whole process, this is how you know you've done it wrong, right? The whole process should take you five minutes. That you're not taking off any material, right? You're not trying to do that. Now, if you do it light, in other words, like I said, score it up with the 300 or 350 to 400 and then do the steel wool like as a buffing kind of thing. Once you do that, um, and again, just, um, oh, I'm sorry, okay. Uh, and once you do that, um, what's great is if you keep it light, there is a chance that if you ever decide you don't like it like that and you want to gloss again, you can have it buffed. You probably won't have a buffing wheel at home that uh, that will get it back to sh the sheen you want, but you could probably take it to a local repair shop where they have a real buffing wheel and they could probably put you some buffing compound in a buffer and buff the neck back to a shine again to some degree. So that's what I would suggest. The other thing is if you're also, if the first thing I said was, oh, you're gonna kill the value of that guitar and that's something that concerns you. And now you're like, okay, I don't wanna do that. But I also don't like the way the neck feels. There's another option for you. Instead of making the neck satin, uh, cause it is polyurethane finish, basically just like your car, you can wax it. You can, all <laughs> right, you can get some Meguiar's wax, get something without pumice in it. So you want like Carnuba wax. It doesn't, I like Meguiar's, uh, but you can eat anything Carnuba that doesn't have pumice in it and, uh, literally just wax it and it'll be slick. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, and that might work and you might have to wax your neck once a month and um so and me personally a a bottle of carnuba wax is i don't know i haven't bought one in a while i have one down in the shop but i want to say 15 dollars in new, the new market seems pretty safe like i don't think anyone um uh martin murray i see your comment i'll answer in a second uh the um uh, so 15 bucks, here's what I'm trying to say. 15 bucks is a small investment to make in keeping pristine the original guitar. So that's what I'm saying. I would try that first. It, you you might think the opposite. You're like, well, I don't like it glossy, so why do I want more glossy? Sometimes more glossy and slick is enough. If you do that and then you're still not digging it, then pull out your sandpaper and your, your steel wool. Um, the question was from Martin Murray was, uh, does this imply to nitro, right? Is that what Martin Murray was asking? Uh, Martin Murray says, does this apply to nitro? Nitro. Uh, you're talking about if it's glossy, can you, can you score it? You can, you can make it satin as well. Probably the same process. Don't put the core. You just don't do Carnubo wax on that. Um, I would have to ask my Finnish friends what uh, about that. I've never uh, put any kind of uh, waxes or anything on a nitro finish. The rule that I've been following pretty much my whole life from my friends that are finished guys is you don't do anything to nitro. You don't put any chemicals on it. You don't put anything on it. 
Um, it reacts to all kinds of things and most of the time negatively. I've never had that experience, I mean, with nitro, but I've seen enough problems to where I don't want to do it. So I wouldn't put anything on the nitro, but if you wanted satin, you could do it essentially the same way. The thing about the nitro that you would want to be aware of, though, is the instructions I just gave you with the sandpaper and the steel wool. I would might even skip the sandpaper on nitro and go right to the steel wool, like a triple lot, and then go to a four lot because nitro is going to, in a lot of cases, is going to be super thin. It's a super thin finish. So you'll go right through it. And once you go right through it, you're screwed. And that's what I'd be worried about for you is I don't want you to like, you know, and they're like, oh my God, wood, <laughs> right? You're Because then you're screwed. So I would probably take something that's really lightly abrasive like steel wool and just do the steel wool. And again, just to give it a little bit of a, a little bit of a satinness to it. Um, it's probably not going to be that great though, because just nitro is sticky. And if you're having a sticky issue with nitro, it's probably whether it's gloss or satin, it's not a huge difference. A little bit difference on, in my experience, satin, but not a huge difference. Like poly is poly is a lot different as satin than it is as gloss. Oh, and then I'm not old. I'm vintage says Gibson sells a guitar polish for nitro. It lasts all of 30 minutes of playing. <laughs> oh, great. I was like, Oh, he's endorsing it. Nah, he's not endorsing it. He's like, don't do it. Um, and then Richard says, just steel, steel wool with nitro. I, I, like I said, I don't like putting sandpaper to nitro. That's why I said I would just do the steel wool. On that note, you guys have a great weekend. And as always, know your gear.